12 and oh, I'm your host, Adam Chimeo. And I'm Heron That's right. This is the Quack 12 podcast, the most official, unofficial Oregon Ducks podcast on the web. Foot is fear. And I've been watching way too much Oregon Duck basketball. It's kind of killing me. Aaron, what about you? What have you been watching? Been watching some duck Dude, sports? I can feel you this week for real mm. because I as well mm-hmm. have watched too much basketball. Mm. I endured one 25-minute recap on YouTube, <laughs> and I've had Endure enough. It. it was a great game, though, right? If, if I believe oh you're talking God. about... yeah. I actually wish I'd seen the whole game. It looked like it was a, I mean, it was a little bit of a nail biter, Mm -hmm. but I'll tell you this. What's that? The prophet Voss, if he said it once, (laughs) said it a million times. If you go to our YouTube channel and watch the video, Mm -hmm. it's a race to 69. Whoever gets there first usually wins the game. And that's exactly what happened. You're right. Unfortunately, you're right. Uh, of course, we're talking about Oregon versus Arizona. Number three, Arizona, we should say. And I mean, that was truly an awesome game, regardless of the fact that we lost in heartbreaking fashion. And that last possession was really embarrassing and will haunt my nightmares for quite some time. Yeah. Despite that, it looked good to be like, oh, this is the team when it gives a shit. And it looked good. It looked like an Altman team. Like Altman even said, I'm paraphrasing, but something afterwards that was like, yeah, I, I just wish um they looked like they cared this much all the time. Like it must Damn. be really frustrating for the fans. Like he's he's awesome. I love Altman. I mean, that's cold hearted shit, dude. Yeah, dude. He's got a system. And until you buy into the system, he's like, yeah, you, you guys ain't shit until you just regularly do this. <sighs> Can we do a special episode someday where you tell me what the fuck this system is? The Dana because I'm Olden like, system. it's always I, being talked about every season, every episode system. we bring up how every season it's a new team trying to learn the mm-hmm. system, the Dana Altman system. And I'm like, we will. What is it? What is Absolutely. it? Absolutely. That it will trust be- falls. Is that it? <laughs> The Dana Altman system. We'll break. Uh, we'll go into uh, more X's and O's basketball. I promise you that during the off season, when there's okay. less of a crunch to be recapping games, we will definitely do that because that just sounds fun too. Dude, for but real, I'll... it is a crunch. Do you watch every game every week? I watch every damn game every week. That's yes, I so do. Incredible. I am truly in awe of you. That's what. That's this podcast, also, baby. The schedule is not easy. It's no, not like it's they not. all happen on, you know, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. or whatever. No, and I got to pay for the goddamn Pac-12 network because Pac-12 network ain't giving it to me for free. God damn it. You got um, a cable? No, I got Sling. Sling is what oh, I use. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah, I'm not buying anyway. cable. I'm not an old, ancient, <laughs> decaying saying. man. I mean, seriously, cable. it's a lot of games every single week, and we have a lot of them to talk about. Mm-hmm. But I think there's an interview coming up. Yeah. Oh, well, good plug there. Um, so Adam Green, that is right. Adam whoa, Green of whoa. Wildcat Radio. Wildcat Radio, we've been a fan of for a long time. We love Wildcat Radio. Um, so we you know, we wanted to get an Arizona Wildcats take on it on that ridiculously fun game. Uh, was nearly an epic win for the Ducks. Like they even said it would have been the first time ever that a team in one season uh, beat three top five teams on the road in one season. It would have been the first time any college Weird. team had done that, which is not, I mean, that's a you'd tall order. That, you know, you'd think the seventies would have had like three of them. Uh, well, you know, uh, I, I'm not sure how far back these records go, but probably. Ah. Yeah. I'm sure 60, 70, like NCAA is a ancient evil. Uh, well, you know what entity. I mean? Just like, the era from which they make all of the like hero basketball movies. Mm-hmm, <laughs> you mm-hmm, think yeah. it happened there? Maybe they weren't really ranking them the same. And yeah, well, because that's the thing. It's like a lot of great teams have been like undefeated and stuff like that. But like, it's kind of random that it would work out where you have three top five teams on the road. There's probably right plenty of teams, you know. Like, right. Yeah. Uh, it's just kind of random, and that we were that freaking close to doing it. That freaking close. It was tight. So we'll we'll get into that. Thankfully, Adam Green will help us break that down. It's a great game. But I before then, that, that last, yes, the very last play of the game made me Ooh. think it was fucking Thanksgiving because that was some hella stuffing. <laughs> yeah, the idea of 
going for two when you're down by three is not a good idea. I will say that. <laughs> it, I wanted to give him the benefit of the doubt because I was like, is he is he like tripping? Is he did he like lose control of the ball and he's just trying to regain it until all of a sudden he's needing it to kind of looked forward? that way upon rewinding and watching twice. It kind of looked sure, like though. it was just like everything got jumbled up inside that little space. Yeah, I'm I'm not sure. Or it looked like maybe he's actually trying to draw some attention to him so he could pass out, but he just had no awareness of the time or something. I have no idea. It was a it's it's the one it really was a fart at the end of a wonderful <laughs> game. Everything else was fantastic. Those ducks were great out there. It was just one bad possession. But they were tired too. They were tired as hell. Arizona's right. a tough team. They really and are. And that's what I think it was. I think it was just like Everything kind of turned into spaghetti because here he mm. is at the finish line trying to make something happen and he's still being totally pressurized. Exactly. You, know, you get the wobbly legs. It's not a big deal. You I walk. mean, Rich- Richardson had a great game. He scored 22 oh, points. Brother, uh, team game. high. 22 points, 7 of 15, 2 of 6 from three-point land, you know? Uh, but anyways... Um, <laughs> yeah, that so game got was a nuts. little case of the wobbly legs. Not a big deal. He got a little case of wobbly legs. Happens to all of us. What happened hey, to me after one quarter? My God, whenever it's after midnight and I watch a horror movie and I have to walk to the bathroom to shit my pants, I have the wobbly <laughs> legs. That sounds completely different, but you know, <laughs> at least you're finally relating to the uh, to the team in some way. <laughs> to the experience. I'll tell you that. Speaking of experience, I'm sure no one would want to follow that story, but uh, this news is going to follow that. Um, my man, Chase Coda who's the was the former UCLA wide receiver uh was always a bright spot really um is transferring over to Oregon uh should make some an immediate impact honestly and of course um he's a legacy player dude because i mean he is the one the only son uh well i don't know about the one and only but he is the son of the one the only Oregon legendary defensive back Chad Coda who played in the, the 91 to 94 teams, basically. So that includes that Rose Bowl baby. Um, yeah, it's so goddamn. It's it just it's just good to have the legacy there. You know, I, I yeah. always love that. Um, and then, he, I mean, he's six foot three, 209 pound receiver. What uh, legacy? He, he's definitely quick. Hmm? What? I'm sorry. I kind of I guess I'm not for sure what his legacy his dad is played to. for the Ducks, baby. He what? His dad played for the Ducks. Oh, Chad Coda. Thank you. There it is. There dad, cut dad, ducks. Legacy. Dad, Chad, ducks. And now he is one. Yeah. Uh, Great. So it's just good to have him on here. Uh, he's caught 60. He's had 67 receptions, 883 yards, six touchdowns in his four seasons at UCLA. He should make an immediate impact. Uh, it'll be fun to see. Who knows what's going to happen this next year? Kind of uh, badass. I'm excited, though. Yeah, kind of badass. Good way to put it. What's his um, pops up to these days? I don't know. Probably doing great stuff. He's a he's an, he's a UO great. He can do anything he wants. I'm do sure they invite him? Have I seen him at the beginning of a game whenever they pan the camera over and you're like, check out so and so who's here? Uh, it's not this. coming. It's not coming to mind. That doesn't mean he hasn't been around, but uh, sure. it's not coming to mind. I'm sure he has. Oh, by the way, I, I should say this. He's also from. Uh, so his dad went to Ashland, uh, Ashland High School, which is right next to where I'm from. And his, uh, I believe, yeah, Chase Coda is from Medford, Oregon. Where I'm no freaking from. Crap. My hometown, baby. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hella legacy. Now I understand the legacy. Now it's all adding up. Now you're, yeah, <laughs> the legacy as it relates to me. Yeah. Yeah. Once you become involved, I start getting it. Oh, okay, well, there you go. Football makes no sense if you're not in it. Oh, okay. That I mean, I guess it's a very strange way to look at the sport. Uh, I'll tell you this. Before that Arizona game, there was not a whole lot of energy for this Oregon men's team because they got their butts kicked by the Sun Devils in Tempe. They ended up losing that one 57 to 81. Uh, Bill Walton, Dave Pash was on the call, I do believe. They didn't say anything too 
like outlandish, but it was just a general weird vibe. I, d- I loved it. Um, 8,000 in attendance. The Ducks Dang. in the first half, I know. Ducks in the first half shot 34% from the floor. That ain't good. One out of three shots were actually going in. Meanwhile, ASU was 54%. However, the Ducks actually did rally back uh, because of five points from Richardson, and they tied it. But, um, yeah, I mean, ASU led this basically this whole game. They had at least a little bit of a cushion. And then in the second half, Ducks hit only 19 of their 55 shots. And uh, that ain't going to do it. Unless you want to lose, that ain't going to do it. As far as that, Will Richardson led the squad, but in this case, that's not a very good thing because he only got 12 points, three assists, one rebound, uh, five of 12 from the floor. Uh, following him was actually off the bench, Eric Williams Jr., who's always a delight, 11 points. He hit a couple of three-pointers, two of five, but overall, we went five of 26 from three-point land. And we just... The Sun Devils were playing with so much more energy. And granted, you know, they're playing at home. and uh, But, I mean, their record is pretty bad. I mean, after they beat us, they were 9-15. and 15. <laughs> So, like, the, we, I don't know. It'd be nice to beat teams like that. Um, Where so, is, what is it? Teamwork? I, I think it's... thereof, I mean? I think it's just, yeah, the chemistry, but it's also... I just, I mean, take it from Dane Altman himself. It just seems like the team isn't all like completely locked in together every single game the way some great Dane Altman teams of the past have been. And, uh, and so that makes it so, yeah, we can beat some teams that are really great and then lose to teams that are truly terrible, like Cal and Arizona State and all that good. Huh. Um, but in front of 14,000 people at McHale Center, Somehow we showed up, and it was actually a pretty great game. Um, this, I mean, we had beaten the Wildcats seven times in a row, so it's kind of amazing that they finally got that duck off their back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, any last-minute thoughts before we head over to uh, our wonderful interview with Adam Green of Wildcat Radio? He there you go. Melted, melted. And that, in this case, was Arizona. All right. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, let's head on over. All right. All right, Quack 12 fans. Well, after a tough loss for us Duck fans, I wanted to get someone on the podcast who who would break down the game with us with some uh, expertise, but also, you know, would do it with some joy in their their step. (laughs) You know, like when they're talking, they wouldn't be so bummed. And so I got an Arizona Wildcat fan, not just a fan, but I got the one, the only the Adam Green at the Adam Green from Wildcat Radio, which we've talked to. I mean, that's been a, a friendly podcast to us for a really long time. So we're stoked to have you on, man. No, I appreciate you having me. And yeah, I feel like Arizona Oregon's one of those rivalries, but it's also kind of friendly, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I don't think so. Well, even in we always say this, like in football, if we lose to Arizona, very rarely is it like, oh, I hate those Arizona fans. It's more like, yeah. what is wrong with uh, what did we do wrong where we just <laughs> lost Arizona football? And Arizona basketball has just been a sleeping giant for so long is what it's felt like. Um, I mean, you know, there's been some great teams for a while, but uh, as far as Oregon was concerned, it was like, well, we don't want to poke the bear too much because we know <laughs> Arizona can wake up at any moment and just be that basketball powerhouse. Well, and, from a, yeah. Yeah, and from an outside perspective, it seems like Tommy Lloyd is doing a great job and is probably just one over everybody. What are your thoughts so far on him? Yeah, how could you not be impressed so far with what he's done? Like, right. Like, the biggest question, because like, okay, he's this longtime Gonzaga assistant, and it kind of goes back to not everyone wanted Sean Miller fired to begin with. Mm. You know, there you can make a case, but I wrote about it for Desert Swarm. I we talked about it on Wildcat Radio, just like, yeah, if you want him gone, you could you could make a case that he had run his course in Tucson. Like the investigation stuff, notwithstanding, like it had been years since they've been doing Elite Eight. You know, they weren't knocking on the door so much anymore. So you could make that case. Okay, move on from Sean Miller. But even if that's the case, like, okay, well, Tommy Lloyd's never been a head coach. Like, yes, he's as prepared, supposedly, as any assistant would be to take over a program. But it's this is Arizona. 
Arizona doesn't hire first-time head coaches, right? Yeah. So he comes in. It's like, okay, what can he do? And he's able to keep a lot of the core together, a lot of the players that made last season so promising when you have Kirk Kreese and Azulis Tubelis, Christian Coloco, Ben Matherin. Like, when he was able to keep all those guys, it's like, okay, that's a win. Now, what does this offense look like? You know, how different will they be? And right out of the gates, like, we saw just a free-flowing style of offensive basketball. And they do play tough defense, too. And, yeah, the team is really good. And Tommy Lloyd just seems like the right coach at the right time. Yeah, no joke. He just had that like fully loaded roster, like eager to join all that Pac-12 fun that they saw in March Madness last season, which was just nuts. Yeah, and um, I, I got to say uh, specifically about uh, Coloco, I've heard so much. And it's like seems like every time you're watching a game with him, they're like, "Wow, the improvement is ridiculous! <laughs> like it's insane. He's a different player out there." Um, do, do you really credit like Tommy Lloyd just this energy right off the bat, or do you think he maybe would have? had that step if Miller was still there or, or what it's do you think? probably a little bit of both because mm-hmm. Christian Coloco was getting better. Like he arrived on campus a couple of years ago. He was very raw, but you could see the potential. He's a seven footer moves the way he does can yeah. block shots. Couldn't do much more. And I go back to you guys. I remember too his free throw shooting was so poor. His freshman year, that was the game. What? Two years ago where he mm-hmm. got fouled. I forget. I think Arizona was down one or down two and Oregon fouled him like with a minute, like not even like, <laughs> two seconds left. It was crazy. And he yeah. clanked the free throws. Like he was terrible. And now he's shooting upwards of 70 something percent from the free throw line. So there's just a natural progression that just getting to play basketball full time in a system in Arizona coaches are not coaches like Arizona basketball is an institution. So I think there was going to be a natural progression for him, mm-hmm. but yeah, then you put him in this offense and this style of play, it's just working out beautifully for him. So I guess, you know, that goes back to how much credit do you give Tommy Lloyd for where the team is at and how much credit do you just give the fact that he inherited an amazing roster. I don't think you have to go either way. Like mm-hmm. he is doing a great job with the roster he was given and the roster he was given was pretty good to start. Yeah. And also it's like, how much do you care? We're, we're right here. Like, yeah. And, uh, so he's one of those guys too that, yeah, he was expected to take a jump. He's taking a big jump Coloco, but I mean, you, you see him play. It's like, why couldn't he be a force, you know, on the boards and shot blocking? You know, of course he had a couple of jumpers late last night. So that's, you know, that's a little bit different, but you know, the, the, ten, the talent was all that he's there. And now I'm starting to see him. Like, I think he's in mock drafts, like as a first round pick for a lot of people. It's like, no, no, not yet. <laughs> yeah. He is that kind of a player though. Well, and as, as a Duck fan, that was the one thing I I, I feel like a lot of people noticed uh, with Sean Miller. It's like, well, the, all this talent is here, but it doesn't seem like he's fully able to. You and I don't know. It's it's been really fun to watch this Arizona team. Um, only two losses: uh, an early one against Tennessee, and then that game against UCLA. Uh, I mean, both those teams are not bad. You know, <laughs> pretty dang good. And uh, so those two losses. I mean. That's barely anything in a full basketball season. But uh, what did you take away from those, anyways? It's hard to take much of anything. The Tennessee game was a tough game, you know, on the road, a true test, and they played hard. And there are a yeah. lot of Arizona fans who are upset with the officiating, which that's just basketball. If your team loses, you're never happy with the officiating. And there was, <laughs> yeah. It was questionable at times, but you know what? Play through that, right? Like, mm-hmm. you have no choice. If they make a foul call, play through it. You have to. And they gave themselves a chance in that game, but lost in a really tough road environment. Fine. You know, they had been undefeated up to that point. The UCLA game was one of those that was kind of shoehorned in after the COVID <laughs> pause that UCLA went through and Arizona was playing their third game in like five nights yeah. on the road. And they just had dead legs. And you could watch and say, you you know, they, they lost and UCLA is good. UCLA can do that to you. But I didn't take much from that game because it's like, well, Arizona on not even, you know, two days, like the Thursday, Saturday schedule it was, you know, Thursday, Saturday, Monday. It's like, Oy. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. just didn't have it in them. You know, it was one of those where I think they got it close a couple times in the second half, but then every time they got within like five or six, you say made another push. And when you're already kind of tired, you're like, I don't really want to be here anyway. It's a lot easier to fold in that one. And of course, like a week later, Arizona beat UCLA pretty handily in Tucson. Now, Grant, that's a home game, but a more well-rested Arizona team was able to handle UCLA. So their two losses. Like, it's not to make excuses. Teams lose. Like, it's going to mm-hmm. happen. Even the best teams are going to lose a game or two here and there. But I don't think either one of them were the type where you say, oh, no. Like, is there something wrong with this team? It's like, no, they, they showed enough outside of those two games to feel pretty good about what they have going. Absolutely. And is that uh, your favorite one of the season? Maybe the one against UCLA or, or <laughs> what so far? Oh, geez. There's been so many. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Even like when they beat Michigan earlier on the season mm-hmm. in uh, Vegas, like Michigan obviously isn't that great we're seeing, but you know, just that type of win that early in the season, like, oh, maybe there is something here. But yeah, beating UCLA, that was kind of a dragon that they've had to slay. They struggled against UCLA recently. Beating Oregon last night it was the first time in what seven tries. That's right. Uh, yeah. Were they the type of wins? Like, are they statement wins? Yes, but they're almost just kind of like Arizona's officially back type of wins. Because if you want to be the power in the conference, and for a long time Arizona was, well, you have to be able to beat Oregon. <laughs> you have to be able to beat UCLA, especially at home. So to me, I don't know if there's any single win. Hopefully the win that's going to be my favorite is, you know, a month and a half from now. Yeah, but, there you go. <laughs> but up to this point, like there are a lot of satisfying wins for them. We're just watching this team grow, watching them progress throughout the season where they went from, hey, we hope they're pretty good. Let's see what they are to. All right, they've won a few games. Oh, that's a nice win. All right, well, now they need to beat this team. Okay, they beat them too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Like these are like everyone in the Pac-12 this season that they've they've beat. You know, there's not one Pac-12 team that they have not beaten Grand. They only played Oregon the one time. But that's the sign of a good team. So do I appreciate the UCLA win? Yes, that was satisfying. Mm-hmm. But so was last night too, just for different reasons. Yeah, and it's been entertaining basketball every single week. I mean, that that game uh, last night was just fantastic, just back and forth. Uh, the Ducks had a 12-point lead in the half at one point. They were shooting like 48% from the field, and it was all like, okay, so the Ducks have woken up, it seems like. But they only had a two-point lead because Arizona was shooting 71%. Uh, that offense has just made... Every Wildcat game so fun to watch. And then not only that, but the roster is just kind of, it's really lovable and also perfectly hateable as an <laughs> opponent. Like, I, I got to say, like, Tabellis is just, I mean, I'm sure someone's made, like, the Drago comparison, right? Because he's, <laughs> he's that smirk was just so perfect yeah. last time's game. Like, uh, I don't know. It felt like I was watching, like, a, a wrestling match at, at a certain point. And, uh, uh, of course, like, Carissa, uh, it's so fun to hear uh, you know, I listen to a lot of other uh, Pac-12 podcasts. Well, they probably hate him. He's a perfect villain. You know, he's not yeah. doing, he's not spitting on anyone, nope. but he is kissing <laughs> the floor. And I love that kind of weird or like, and you know, like who who is any team to talk about flops? Sure, there were some <laughs> flops, but uh, uh, we're talking about the team. Uh, like we have one of the most embarrassing flops in uh, March Madness history. I remember with the books <laughs> out there. So, you know, who, who's yeah. to say? Uh, but no, um, but it, you're right. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like this is not the type of team. It's I mean, joke with Brett, my podcast co-host on Wildcat Radio. It's like this was not a team anyone expected to be really good. It's, they didn't go into the season with final four expectations or, you know, final four bust. And sometimes you have teams that are like that. The best Sean Miller teams when they had Larry Markin in, or when they had, you know, TJ McConnell, Brandon Ashley, you know, Aaron Gordon, like, you're like these are final four caliber teams. This team, we had no idea. Like, Oh, there's a bunch of nice players. Most of whom came back from last year. It's like, Ooh, high level sophomores. What's that like? You know, we haven't seen that in Tucson in a long time, but these were likable players, especially they went through last season. They played hard during the pandemic year when the NCAA tournament, the Pac-12 tournament was taken off the table for them. You know, they still yeah. won, I think, 17 games like they played hard and they won some good games there. So you're like, OK, I like these guys. And then watching them play. Yeah, I, Azulis Tubelis, he does some things. You know, he's out <laughs> there and they beat ASU in Tempe. He had a like, dunk late and they did like the, you know, they're too small type of thing, you know, and Kirk, mm-hmm. of course, you love him when he's on your team, unless you're shooting like three for 15. But even then, yeah. he's, a gator, he's an agitator. He's an emotional leader for that team. So when he hit that three last night to take the lead, that deep three, Oof. like it was more than just making, you know, getting the lead. It was like Kirk Risa is the heart and soul of this basketball team. And then you have the swagger that, you know, Balo has, you know, when he's dunking and flexing mm-hmm. after Coloco too knows that he is that dude in the middle I, yeah, they're a perfectly lovable team, and they're also eminently hateable, I would imagine, for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. it's not a bad group of guys. Like They really do seem to enjoy playing with each other, and it's obviously saw on the broadcast, and everybody talks about anytime they're covering Arizona, just their worldly influence, where their roster comes from. Mm-hmm. And it works. Like They play a very appealing brand of basketball, and they play it at a high level. <laughs> and so how could you, if you didn't care about the game, like if you didn't care who was winning last night you just watched two teams play really good basketball oh yeah. really good bats like it wasn't perfect there were <laughs> there were mistakes you know there were missed free throws there were turnovers there were you know things happen but it was a really high level basketball game and you mentioned how Oregon had that lead at early on and the one thing about this Arizona team and I I, I like into like playing with their food in that yeah. like like a wildcat yeah they're able to flip a switch often and not that 
Oregon, Oregon's a much better opponent than say Washington State or Oregon State. When it's like, what are you doing? Just start playing. Like they <laughs> had to play well to beat Oregon, but they're capable of that. Like Arizona very much has it in them to just go on a run like that. Where okay, they're down by five. Who cares? Like you know they're going to come back. You know they're going to be in this game, and they've had so many games where like they're only you know up two or three, or they're down two or three, and then before you know it, they're up by fifteen. You're like, wait, how did that happen? Like they have that ability and they showed that last night. But of course, Oregon really made them work. Like Arizona has not played a lot of one possession games. And that was a close game throughout until the very end. Yeah, I, I think I would change. It was a perfect game, even though we lost. I still really liked it. I would probably change one possession right at the end there. Maybe I would what have Richardson. <laughs> I don't know. I think it once he dribbled in, it must have been, I imagine, McHale Center was already, you know, like just cheering as if they won the game. Yeah, I, I'm I don't watching know. going, oh, he's, he's inside the three-point line. Let him shoot. Like, yeah, back please. off. Let him take that. <laughs> Give him a layup if you want. <laughs> and y'all were smart enough to do that. Like, just, yeah, no. And I'm not quite sure what happened there. I almost was thinking, did he trip and he was kind of like recovering it? And so that's a, no, no, it doesn't really look like that. I, I couldn't tell you there. I would maybe, uh, would change that to some kind of desperation <laughs> deep three. But uh, otherwise, it was a fantastic game. And, um, so overall, I mean, there's five games left on this regular season schedule. Uh, Utah at Utah at Colorado at USC. That is quite the stretch there. And then uh, versus Stanford and versus Cal. Um, how do you? Th- I mean, obviously, it's it, the the chance of winning all five of that is definitely there, especially with yeah. this team. Um, what are you most afraid of in that stretch? I think the USC game is the uh, most likely to be a loss. But I think mm-hmm. Ken Palm even had like they're going to be favored to win every single one of those games by a high margin. And I think they had like a 70 something percent chance to beat USC, according to the stat, like the data, mm-hmm. like Arizona is the best team in the conference. Like they're better than every team that's going to be on their schedule from here on out. But anytime you're on the road, it's a little bit more difficult. You know, the mountain trip is not easy, you know, and even like the barriers yeah. you get. OK, fine. But you know, they're going to win the Pac-12, barring some sort of absolute catastrophe. I forget what the magic numbers at. I think it might be like two at this point. Mm. But they're going to win the conference. And they're kind of in that mode for a lot of Arizona teams that we've seen in the past. It's like, okay, well, that's great. Winning the Pac-12 is a huge deal. But then March starts, you know? So, like, <laughs> they're having a great season. You want them to be playing well going into the tournament, of course. And Oregon, you guys know as well as anyone, like, being able to peak at the right time, how important that is. Mm-hmm. And you watch Arizona, it's like, have they played their best basketball yet? I don't know. Because we don't know what peak Tommy Lloyd, Arizona looks like. You know, like this might be it, but there's always seems like, yeah, if they make 75% of their free throws, last night's not nearly as close as it was. If they rebound a little better like they normally do, it's a whole different game. Like Arizona shot the ball great last night, and they still did enough to be like, well, you can play better. So, you know, if they if they put it all together, yeah, there's not a team in the conference that's going to beat them. But you look at that schedule, I think that we were talking about the UCLA game earlier, how it was kind of shoehorned in as one of the makeup games. So is this USC game. So it's going to be another one of like three games and five, six nights where it's, you know, it's doable. Time loads like, hey, if you want to win the Pac-12 tournament, you're going to have to play you know, three games in three days. You're going to have to win those. So who cares? Mm-hmm. He has the right attitude. But if you're Arizona and say you sweep the mountain trip and then you're like, OK, whatever. We won the Pac-12. I'm going to. You know, it's easy to kind of fold up in that moment when you're already tired. You're like, it doesn't matter. You know, <laughs> so I that would be the one that worries me the most, but not in the sense of like what it might tell us, other than it's like, yeah, okay, they might lose that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, and Dana's been in the Pac-12 for a long time, and he just swept the mountain schools for the first time. Yeah. So uh, on that road trip, trip. yeah, it's a tough trip. And I know Colorado has a history with Arizona. They. They always think they're going to beat Arizona. That finally happened. I know last year in Colorado, mm-hmm. and Arizona usually just stomps them in Tucson. And Utah's, <laughs> I mean, they're new coach, but Utah's Utah. Like, yeah. I was at the game in Tucson when Arizona played Utah. And it was not pretty. Arizona won. It was one of those where, like, they were kind of just hanging around and then ended up winning by, like, 12. But it was ugly. So if they can do that again, you know, anything can happen. You know, I, I almost feel bad for Arizona football. Like they're they're starting to finally get some kind of you know traction going, and then Arizona basketball just full force back into it. <laughs> oh no! For Arizona fans, I think it gives football team a break. You know, it's great recruiting. Yeah. Everybody's happy about football right now, and spring game coming up, and then everybody's like, "Hey, basketball's really good too. This is this is great." Like, there's Absolutely. nothing to be upset about as an Arizona sports fan right now. Totally. I love it. Um, so once again, that is at the Adam Green. Talking to Adam Green himself here from Wildcat Radio. 
uh hey we're gonna hit you up anytime some huge uo arizona thing happens because uh you've been great to talk to man no i appreciate it and you know, not for nothing, Puddles is my favorite mascot in the conference. Oh, there I you go. I know what they just call him the duck now, but it'll always be Puddles to me. Oh, yeah. I, there's still, and I think that's just a hundred years of podcast arguments will still be had for, <laughs> over that. All right. Not psyching you, Adam. Bye. And we're back. We're back quack, on quack. quack, that is. Uh, thanks once again to Adam Green. You can follow him at the Adam Green um, or uh, Wildcat Radio. Uh, great stuff, and I love that little Baby Yoda Lego toy he had in the background. For for viewers that are watching this, who I mean, at that point you got to go, you got to be a a premium fan. We'll get into that a little bit to be watching this, but um, yeah, you'll be able to see that Baby Yoda he had in the background. It was pretty cute, almost as Not cute as the real baby one. Baby Yoda, yes, oh whatever he's called, Grogu. All right, is that what you want? You want me to use his real name? Whatever. Facts are important. I guess. I guess. Uh, so to wrap up men's basketball, where they are at right now. So in the standings, that would have been a nice one to have. Uh, we still probably would have been at where we are, but still. We're fourth in the Pac-12 standings, which is not a terrible spot, um, considering how lackluster we've been. Uh, Arizona. 24 and 2, 14 and 1. They've only lost to UCLA in Pac 12 play this season. Uh, they're number two in the country right now. So wow. they're a great team. They're, and we just almost beat them at their court. So that says something about us, right? We may not hey. actually make the tournament, but we Here's should. How I, I look think. at it. Look at What's it. That? Seven out of eight games, we've beat the number two team in the nation. Uh, sure. Whatever. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Didn't know. you just say that we beat him, we've beaten them seven years in a row, seven games oh. in a row? Oh yeah, they're not the they're typically not the best team in the. But sure, whatever that that kind of makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know if it does, but uh, we'll still uh, that will be the tagline of this episode. I'll make sure that <laughs> promotional thing goes out. Um, so number two, Arizona is at the top of the standings, uh, leading the pack, if you will, behind them pretty closely, 23 and four, 12 and four in conference play. Number 16, USC, who we will be playing soon. Then number 12, UCLA is third in the rankings, 19 and five, 11 and four conference play. And we will be playing them too. And then it's, and then it's us, uh, 10-6 conference record, 17-10 overall. That's kind of nuts. We've lost 10 games. That's why we may not make the tournament. But, um, I mean, wow. still, yeah, it's, it's possible. But, I mean, yeah. we got games against UCLA, USC, both of those highly ranked teams. We've beaten them before this season. And then uh, we end it at UW. And at Washington State. So let's freaking do this, baby. Otherwise, it may come down to the Pac-12 tournament. And we'll have to win maybe the tournament or at least make the championship game. Uh, That would be tough. I mean, you remember last year, we just got our butts kicked by Oregon State. And and this is a competitive conference, man. Yeah. I I love West Coast basketball. Basketball. Love the way they dribble down the court. Um, First of all, I forgot to play this. So, yeah. What's that? West Coast best kit ball. Uh, best sure. kit ball. You know what? We'll make um, some t-shirts for that. Now, uh, before we get into women's basketball, uh, we actually have a sponsor. Uh, that's right. Today, your sponsor is the Quack 12 Podcast. Ha ha. That's right. Quack 12 Podcast is the number one Oregon Ducks podcast on the web sphere. Why? Because it's coming to you every goddamn week, nonstop, never ending. Not only that, for true Duck fans, you can go to the Quack 12 Podcast Patreon page. Ha ha! That's right. For only five measly dollars a month, you will receive unlimited, unfathomable, unrepre, uh, un, just, uh, uh, just insane, truly mind-blowing, orgasmic benefits. 
as in our Quack in Time series, in which we go to every single Oregon football season and break it down for y'all. Not only that, but we talk about some of Oregon's greatest football and basketball games in its history, and we have a whole bunch of special special content there not only that but if you want to see haha the faces of your hosts in real life not just faces but everything else if you want that sweet sweet video feed of the quack 12 podcast and get your ass over to the quack 12 podcast and if you're broke if you're broke if you don't got a dollar to your name i'll tell you what to do go over to quack 12 podcast on the uh what's it called apple podcast.com go over there go to our page give us five stars five measly stars and for that you will get everything you've ever desired also leave a comment helps people find the podcast find us at quack 12 podcast on twitter and last but most importantly search the sexiest part of your dreams because that is where you will find us. That's right. Thank you for this week's sponsor, the Quack 12 Podcast. Wow. That was out of this world. Good sponsor. Good. So I can uh, I can attest to the product. Real good product. Real good. Real good stuff they're doing over there. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, baby. Um, so because uh, it doesn't really make more sense to play this here than it would have been when we first started talking about basketball. But since I've made this song and I have to use it, we're playing it right now. Uh, let's get over to a popular segment: Quacks Ball. Quacks Ball. That's right, Quacks a Ball, the women's basketball team. <laughs> you love that part. These are, I don't know, these are songs. People send us these songs. Women's basketball, my man. Uh, they also had a pretty tough time uh, because first they played against Cal. Kind of, I mean, these two teams are pretty freaking similar. If you look at their records, even men's basketball, 17 and 10, 10 and 6, women's basketball, 18 and 9, 10 and 5. Uh, this week, they started off against a team that they should dominate, but sure. this time, this was at Matt Knight. So, you know, they even had that going for them. Around 8,000 people for this, too. So, pretty nuts. People love their basketball. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, so in this game, Sedona Prince really went off 15 points, eight rebounds, three blocks off the bench because that's the way it's been going lately, which is pretty interesting, but effective. Um, <laughs> but we almost lost this game because we couldn't hit a goddamn shot. Uh, we were one of nine shooting to open the game. And get this, Aaron, out of the 16 three-point attempts that we made in this game, how many do you think we we actually two. hit? Six. You think we only hit two three pointers? Sixteen. Out of 16. The way yeah. you're talking, it makes mm-hmm. me want to go two. Oh, Aaron, you fool! Of Five. course we didn't. No, we missed every single one we took. We went oh wow. sixteen from three point land. Is uh, that for the entire game? Every for the point? entire game for the entire game, we did not hit a single three pointer. And my man, this game was torture to watch. Right. I hated it so much. Let's flip a coin. Mm-hmm. Heads, it's coaching staff who are <laughs> to blame. Tails, it's players. Well, yeah, I mean, honestly, that's kind of what it is. I also think the court is cursed. I think that is a possibility. I don't know. We'll have to see. I think we may need to paint over the whole damn thing, but that's just me. Uh, I'm a bit superstitious, but yeah, dude. Um, our leaning scorer was actually Sedona Prince off the bench, like I said. But out of the starters, 11 points from Inya Rogers and only seven from Pow Pow. Uh, both of those two guards, uh, which should be responsible for our three-point shooting, were 0 of 5, a combined 0 of 5 from three-point land. Um, no one played well. 
this really sucked. We certainly got our butts kicked. 35% from the floor. And then, yeah, 0% from deep, obviously. And sure, we held them to, we held them to only 28% shooting. So, like, they weren't having it either. And they went three of 19 from deep. So they missed as many three points, three pointers as we did. They just also hit three. Uh, it, I don't know. And they missed, they only went 10 of 17 from free throw. Uh, Man, this game sucked. We we won fifty two to forty seven. It's amazing to win a game and miss sixteen three pointers, let alone not hit one. But that we did. One of the reasons why we did is actually Filipina Che, who I've loved. Like she's a little, she's learning the game still, but she's goddamn huge, and she just plays with a lot of effort. Uh, Sedona Prince also said that she will be back for next season, which is cool to hear. Uh, so, I don't know, the combo of those two, those two great players there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know what to say. This is a tough game to watch. Anyways, let's go to the next one. Because the <laughs> is, next... It is bad because maybe we just go to the one after that. <laughs> well, there's, this is the only other game we have to talk about, really. Oh, okay. So, well, let's really get into it. Good, because this is a huge game. This is against number to Stanford. Great. Stanford, this is last season's national champion as you Wow. Know. Uh I mean but. they're every year they're, you know, at least one of the best teams in the country. So they're coming over to Matt Knight. We just had a game where we missed 16 three-pointers. Things are looking a little iffy here. However, would you believe me, Aaron? Ducks actually ended up doing very well in this one and we're very competitive the entire time we actually led by 10 uh early in the fourth quarter so we were really like kicking we still lost uh stanford uh ended it on a 14 to 2 run to win this bad boy to wow. really sneak it out like we were actually kind of killing it for a while we had six turnovers in the first quarter, but we held them two of 17 shooting. So it kind of took them. It kind of felt like it was Stanford missing a lot of shots. We have great defense. We were playing ferocious D, but um, they also, it just, they felt a little rusty. And then really the difference maker, dear Lord was Haley Jones. Uh, some uh, most of it, you know, basically all of it was very well deserved. She just came in, especially at the end, and just with a huge burst of energy, just really dominated, scored a ton of her points in the end there. She finished with 18 points. Wow. Um, however, I'll say this. There is some bullshit officiating in my very biased opinion. Like one where it's like, honestly, probably could have been a charge, but they ended up calling it. And then like, as she was falling, she it's amazing she's like able to just chuck it up and it goes in, but it shouldn't. I mean, I don't know. It was freaking ridiculous. It felt like NBA rules. Like I, I did not like it. These cheating ass refs, they they have something about Stanford that they just love Stanford. They just gotta screw over the ducks against Stanford. I hate every ref. Um, yes, screw them. I'll say you know, the yeah. So it was a wonderful back and forth. It was a great game, much better showing, but just like the men's team right. against number three, Arizona, this was the day after we just fell short against number two, Stanford. I'll tell you one thing was, that was funny. Yeah. What was that? Real quick. Was that the confusion earlier? Is that I said the number two team, but Arizona is the number three team. Arizona is the number three team. Okay. Yeah. So that's what I got wrong. They're number three, not number two. Everything else you've said has been 100% accurate and very insightful. Thank um, you. <laughs> but this, anyway, sorry. <laughs> what can I say, man? It This one really hurt because we had it. I mean, we had a 10-point lead late there. Brutal. And it was because Ducks were hitting their threes. We went 7 of 17 uh, from three-point land. Sorry, 7 to 17. But in the end, it was just another... It's hard to say. We're playing against a great competition here, but in the end, we missed our final 11 shots. Like, that's kind of what it came down to, yep. and Stanford was, like, a great team, was ready to rally back. How handy are uh, finite details, uh, stat lines? Oh, they're pretty handy. They're handy. Okay. Uh, how many uh, turnovers did each team have? Uh, the Ducks 
committed 16 turnovers altogether compared to Stanford only had only committed eight turnovers. Um, And, and actually one thing is that is you can hang your hat on about this team. Unlike the men's team, it's just up and down. Like who knows what team you're going to get from them with this Oregon women's basketball team. The shooting is like pretty rough, especially the deep ball. That's clear. However, they showed up against Stanford. You know, they at least made seven of them a lot better than they were. And um, I mean, they were held to only 38%, but the only you can hang your hat on this defense. This defense is good. They did hold Stanford to 35% shooting and three of 16 three point shooting. Uh, you know, they, I, and they only held them, they held them to 66 points. They didn't even get to 69 points. So uh, I don't know. That that at least makes me feel better. We'll see. Hmm. Uh, women, actually, they don't have much left. I believe they just have, as far as their schedule is concerned, they're going on the road to play oh, those yeah. damn mountain schools. So that, that is a tough one. On the 23rd, they're playing against Colorado at 6 p.m. Then at noon on the 26th, they're playing against Utah. But then we get into Pac-12 tourney time. And who knows how the hell that's going to go. I'm afraid. Yeah. It seems like we're not going to do great. I don't know. I regard, mean, regardless of what team is playing. Uh, well, I think great. If either of these teams made it to the sweet 16, I feel like I would be like, that is like, whoa, that is really good. I mean, especially for the men's team, I'd be pretty like, I'd be very impressed with them. Uh, Cause it's like, who knows if they're going to make it. Women's team are probably already like basically locked in to at least make the tournament the big dance, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they should, they definitely should make it to the sweet 16, but that's kind of the benchmark I'm setting for my expectations for both squads. Uh, by the so way, if, they, we, if either go past 16 stoked to the you eight, you're yeah, lead eight. I'll be completely stoked. Uh, and you know, even then it's like if they put up hell against a really good team in the first round and are eliminated, I'll probably be able to talk myself into something, you know? Um, yeah, I would like a good showing from the Pac-12 tournament too. Who knows? Does Is that something you would talk yourself into falling back into alcohol? Oh yeah, dude. We can <laughs> go down a dark spiral. Yeah. Uh, if they don't make it to the round of thirty-two, um, yeah, man, I don't know what the fuck's gonna happen with my right. life. It could be dark though. Uh, anyways, over to the standings. Stanford, number two. Stanford. Uh, you know they remain undefeated in conference play, so they're right at the top there. Um, behind them, Washington State. Boo. Jesus Christ, who plays Stanford next. So that's, you know, they're probably going to lose. Um, they're above them. And then actually, uh, or sorry, below Stanford. And t- we are tied with Washington State with a 10-5 conference record. And Arizona is right behind us with a 9-5 conference record. Uh, so we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Anyone's game. Only a couple games left. Oh, boy. Um, yeah, I love my ducks. What can I say? Uh, and so let's close up the uh, beloved sake. Quacksball. And let's get into a oh my new God. segment. That is right. A segment we have not done in quite some time, uh, which will not be that thorough. But let's get into it. Our longest one yet. So awkwardly long. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to change it. it. Because you've got to pay respect to legends. You got damn right. We deserve to have the most screen time for sure. Yeah. Anyways, uh, that's right. Uh, Quacker Jacks. Because we're getting into it, baby. Baseball season has really kicked off. Softball is even deeper into it. Um, I'll tell you this. Just like when it's still pretty in the heart of football season and basketball kicks off, and I tell you, hey, hey, uh, I'm not going to be paying that much attention, by the way. I'm not going to be breaking it down as thoroughly. 
that, that's kind of what this is for the listeners. This is me saying Acceptable. I'm not doing deep dives into these yet because I got full focus on basketball right now. However, here's the other thing mm-hmm. that I need to explain to the listener. Yes. If we were to go deep dive into baseball and softball, mm-hmm. then what that means is now we got to start doing some light coverage of bowling, tennis, downhill skiing, <laughs> yeah. lacrosse team. I mean, mm-hmm. and golf? where does it end, golf. Adam? Where does oh, it God. end? Right before golf, because I ain't covering freaking no, golf. I'll never talk about golf. No, thank you. I don't even talk about a golf, as in like a, the Gulf of Mexico or something. That's I the last time I'll say that. about the late 90s Volkswagen golf. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> um, but so I just wanted to pepper that in. I mean, actually, Oregon softball kicking ass as always. Uh, they are eight and one. They beat Ole Miss three to zero. They beat wow. CSUN nine to three. This is in the UCLA tournament, which sounds beautiful. Uh, 16 to they beat CSUN after that. Then they beat San Diego 10 to two. Loyola Murray Mount four to one. They lost to Texas State. Seven to three. Then they beat Baylor. Oh, no, sorry. They lost to Baylor. Oh, sorry. Jesus Christ. They beat Texas State seven three. Lost to Baylor 0 and three. Beat Baylor eight and four. Then won the series against the Bears, the whatever Bears, uh, 10 to four. <laughs> so they, hey, they did pretty team, well there. What team do you play for? Uh, whatever Bears. Whatever Bears. The Wacko Bears. Um, I know it's Waco. So they're doing their own thing. They're just about to join the Mary Nutter Collegiate Classic, the the Collegiate Classic that we all know and dear love to our heart. But they're not actually going to be in Eugene for quite a while. So, well, yeah. Tell me this, Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, is that what college baseball is for the majority of the season? Are these like gatherings of teams just playing for the preseason? Of stuff? Yeah, for the preseason, it's a lot of like invitationals. Come over here, well, and we'll have I a bunch of. I don't feel like it's, it's pretty all fun. that too much to you know as one wraps up, cover yeah. it. Well, I, as I we mean, just did I mean if you count me literally like stumbling through basic reading, like <laughs> just well, just reading out like uh, the scores, then yeah, there you go. I've done it. Yeah. Um, yeah. When but, you were in the first grade, <laughs> did you get put in the? Uh, other reading group <laughs> um i got put into speech therapy but look at me now i'm on the podcasting stage so i, I proved no, them my all cousin wrong had a thing with t's and i think l's that she had to do speech therapy and she had all these workbooks that i would do with her when she was really little i wish i had a, a an aaron growing up oh my no, god i dude. did i i did r's as w's the cutest. Yeah, maybe it was something like that too. Yeah, so it'd be like refrigerator. Yeah, it's a funny one, but would you say tragic. things are weird? Yeah, I would. I would absolutely say they were weird. Now I can. Now I can't say it because it's been drained into me. Because someone right slapped me in the back of the head every time I did it. Yeah, um, you know. Anyways. Tell you what. Talk about lower level educational system in Southeast <laughs> Texas for yeah. real. In uh, my kindergarten class, still, you know, in the year like 1987 or 88, whatever year it was, I was in kindergarten. Mm-hmm. The teacher made years. one of the students learn to write with his right hand because he was left handed, but that was the Satan's hand. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to put this teacher on blast? Do you remember? I don't remember. Her name it was kindergarten. Uh, okay. Well, I. but did that kid grow up to be a Satan? Um, Answer me the question. I mean, well, you know, Southeast Texas in the 80s was ripe with racism. Mm. So probably. <laughs> okay. So there you yeah. I mean, so, we left didn't when work I then. was still young. So it was safe for me. I got I got out of there, baby. Nice. And, and now you're here covering the podcast or covering the ducks with me on this wonderful Quack 12 podcast. 2,000 miles away. <laughs> Let me tell you this, though. Um so for baseball, they've only played four games, uh, all against San Diego. All these games against San Diego. They've been getting their ass kicked silly for quite a while. They started off with a 1-11 to 11 loss. That's not fun. Then a 4-10 to 10 loss. Then a 4-5 to 5 loss, getting a little closer. Mm-hmm. And then on the next day, on a Monday, they were down. 
Things were looking a little sketchy. In fact, I believe the score was, so we were down 11 to nine. It was the eighth inning, all right? Top of the eighth here. Oregon goes out there and scores 12. That is right. They score 12 runs in one inning to win it 21 to 11. I mean, so they shut it down. They shut the game down, basically. They shut that shit down. It was amazing. 21 to 11. Uh, Not going to break out how that game went because I haven't even read anything about it. I just read that headline. But I have a promise. I have a promise to give the listeners of this here podcast to bring this thing home, all right? So it's not just ramblings, just random numbers thrown at you. I'm going to try. (laughs) That's what the promise is. I'm going to try and go to more baseball and softball games in person so I can come back and recap them on nope. this here podcast. No? Won't happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, so you're saying I won't even try. Well, I mean, <laughs> you're busy working on the podcast during the day. That's true. And that's yeah. when most games happen, right? Hey, hey, try to doubt me. Try to try okay. to say I can't fly and touch the Here's sky. What we're going to do. What's that? For every game that you <laughs> post physical hard evidence to tweeters or, you know, onto the show here uh-huh. to show that you are, in fact, at the game, mm-hmm. I give you five bucks. Oh, man. You, is that for real? What's your favorite concession? It'll be on me. Mm, you know what? My favorite concession. Cracker Jacks. Well, I mean, I'm definitely getting some Cracker Jacks just because it's they're definitely not my favorite, but it's like I I love hot dogs, but so often they are the shittiest version of the hot dog. Like but the that is one. the best hot dog for a for a baseball game. for a baseball game. You know, it can be good. I'm definitely getting a hot. You mean dog. like yeah. boiled? So you're weenie. you're saying you're buying my concession every time I'm going there is basically what you're going. One, not like the entire thing. I said your favorite <laughs> thing. So whatever your favorite thing at a game All is, right. that's the thing I get. Hey, you know what? You're on. And check our Twitter account at Quack Twelve Podcast. Uh, maybe we'll start an Instagram for this freaking thing. Who knows? Just for evidence that I'm going to these things. Feel free to say hi to me. Feel free me to buy me a hot dog. Only do those two things if you're seeing me. Say hi, buy me a hot dog, walk away. Yeah, um, but we love you. We love all you listeners. Thanks again. It, it oh, A tough week. Tough week to be a Duck fan. But at least we showed heart. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. At least we showed some fight. Show dignity in our losses. Ah, hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yeah. You know, I get your sentiment, but I don't mm-hmm. think I agree with it. Well, we got to win. Teach his own. If you want, all I know great, is you must win. Mm, sound like Bill Walton over there. All I know is I'm going to be chomping on a hot dog come this week. Oh, baby. Relish, no relish. I, I usually put relish. Even that shitty relish is pretty fun. Yeah. Honestly, so this is what I'm doing. Well, if, if it's like a good hot dog, then I'm putting... Then it probably has a bunch of fancy condiments. And that's everything, you know. But if we're talking about a shitty, this is like the cla- the most basic thing, and this is a basic-ass hot dog, then definitely putting a little bit of ketchup, a little bit of mustard, a little bit of relish. If there's white onions, if that's getting a bit fancy, but I'm loading that shit. And if there's banana peppers, putting a good amount of those on there. Too. Yeah. Any, I'm, but I'm definitely putting as much shit on there as possible. Onions, I'd leave off. Jalapenos, if they're around, I would totally put on. Mm-hmm. I'd Hell, I'd on. even be crazy if it's super skimpy, and I'd go mustard, ketchup, mayo. Man, I think this hot dog's going to suck, too. If they even are selling concessions, I don't know. But I'll take a picture of the hot dog. I'll send it. Boiled ballparks and a $1 Franz bun, baby. (laughs) Dude, I don't even know about a $1 Franz. I think those things are five cent Franz Franz buns, dude. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. We're brought to you by Franz. It's the kind that whenever you hold it, the actual, like skin of it just flakes off somehow and you're like what is yeah when you're just like how why is this a sopping wet bun before i put one damn condiment on it yeah that's the kind of hot dog i'm looking for yeah hell yeah i love them shit now i'm hungry